Anyway, um, glad to have you here. Uh, can you t tell me briefly what do you do now? You have like seems to have so many different things going on. So what's your like main thing and what other things that you do? Um, so what do I do? I, um, as I would describe, my day job is springboard, um, which I run in London and Cambridge. Mm -hmm. um, but I, uh, on a secondary level, help other people run programs, uh, which include uh, Startup Wise Guys, mm -hmm. uh, Night 100, 11 in Bulgaria, and uh, Text Drive in Moscow. But but I mean, the, the bit that I do on a fairly regular basis as well is just try to help other people set up such programs. Um, whether I have, as I describe, a financial interest in it, in it or not is irrelevant to me. Uh, my primary motivation is how can I help more startups across Europe to achieve their potential? Um, whether it's me helping indirectly or directly, different remit job differences. So basically you work on one incubator or accelerator program, which is Springboard, right? Yeah. And then there is like dozen or so other programs that you're kind of involved in? Four. Four? Ones. Yeah. Four, okay. And I, by the way, if you go to Angelis, there is like lots of lots of these kind of programs. Yeah. Uh, especially last, in, just this year in, in Kiev, there is, I think, three. Wow. There was one in January, That's East two. Labs. That's two more yeah. in London. Well. You have Springboard Mobile, right? Yes, same thing. But okay. And then you have screen. Ignite, Ignite, Ignite something. But that's in the northeast of England. Ah, okay. So you have one program in London. There's Seacamp and the Springboard, yeah. and there's that's it. Okay. And Seacamp are a pan-European program, so really, I mean, hmm. okay. ridiculous. So so even I got anyway, you got three Ukraine. times. You have three times more accelerators. Exactly, exactly. We have such a huge like <laughs> no, market and and so great number of entrepreneurs yeah. that we have three programs as of today. Maybe there will be four tomorrow. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> so how did you get started with Springboard? Like, did you like did you had hundred million sales exit? Like, no, I I, I uh, hacked a program. You what? I hacked a program. Meaning, um, so um, I was um, a VC for about three and a half minutes and decided that being a VC kind of sucked. Um, so I decided, I, I used to invest seed funds of about a quarter of a million dollars, 250,000 mm -hmm. pounds. And I uh, found that maybe I was just a really bad VC. But I considered a lot of my investments to be very like um, very expensive lottery tickets. Um, um, I had this premonition that actually instead of one, writing one big check for two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, I should write ten smaller checks for mm -hmm. twenty-five thousand pounds each. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I could work with them for three or four months, and, and maybe they'd be better at the end of it. And then I realized that Paul Graham and Dick Cohen had already invented it, yeah. uh, which was white comedy and textiles. So, um, like all good entrepreneurs, not that I perceive myself as an entrepreneur, I hacked uh, the process, which basically meant I went and cloned their versions. So I uh, emailed Paul Graham, and Paul very kindly wrote back and said, I'm busy, everything you need to know is on the website. Um, 
but at least he responded and given the number of emails he gets that's something when was, when was that like what, what? Uh, this was three years ago 2009 okay um, I then managed to have an indirect contact with David Cohen at Techstar mm-hmm. and um, flew to Boulder Colorado for a 20 minute meeting with David Cohen and 10 minutes into the conversation he said I kind of like you can I help and essentially that helped me set up the difference engine which was the first European acceleration program mm-hmm. uh, bootcamp um, which was started 2009 ran 2010 and 11 um, and from that essentially it went from being publicly funded to privately funded and privately funded as well today mm-hmm. yeah So, so it's like a, a springboard is a different name for the same thing essentially yeah there was it was the same program um, but the, uh, the funding source was completely different okay uh, and it was a cooler name how, how many how many like teams have you have graduated from the program I've, uh, across all the programs I've been involved in I've helped graduate from Uh, 65 teams I think last time um, which have gone on to raise in excess of uh, 15 million dollars 15 so is it a springboard and the, the other uh, difference engine springboard um, ignite 100 startup wise guys yeah, yeah okay so like do you Do you consider this as a success or or not like how do you how do you judge how good you are like I mean how good the the program works um, so I think there's a couple of things I'd say one is the measure I use I don't think I knows they're not the right measure the measure I use in the short term is how many teams at the end of the program go on to get funded mm-hmm. yeah and um, The base number is about half of the teams across all of them mm-hmm. get funded. Um, I don't actually think raising money is actually a true definition of success for a founder. Um, I actually believe uh, building a business, having a product, people using it are much better measures of success. Um, but then they're really difficult to create objective measures around so how can I compare one program to another yeah uh, and so the notional idea of how many get funded and how much gets raised is the number that people use a lot I, I'm not comfortable with it even though I kind of hit the right numbers for myself um, I, I want to support a generation of entrepreneurs to go out and make kick-ass products and create And like you see programs as a vehicle that helps do that right um, I think programs are a good way of doing it I think they're not the only way of doing it I think people who run around and think that accelerators are the panacea this will solve all of our problems um, I don't believe that's true I think they represent a bit of a bigger system mm-hmm. I think uh, for every accelerator you should be having seed funding and if you've got seed funding you should have other bits and um, You should equally have active hack weekends whether it's garage 48 or startup weekends I think there's a big gap the bit I keep telling people about nobody listens to me is I think there's something that's not an accelerator 
but it's not just a weekend. There's something that fits between those two. Uh, some people call it a pre-accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it may look like an accelerator in places where there isn't a lot of funding. So can you do it without giving away equity? Can you create support structures? Um, so do, do I think they're successful? I, I think they achieve a goal. I think they connect angels with early stage teams, mm-hmm. which is really, really hard in Europe. I think it gets a lot of product built where people may not be able to do it. Um, the, the, the answer is, let's look back in five years' time and see if it really did make a difference. Uh, just, um, since you're like, you're involved in one program and then in several others, yeah. that's why I keep like, have more questions about this. I mean, like, there is, first thing is, like every, every community or, I don't know, every region kind of wants to have an accelerator, or yeah. so it looks like mm-hmm. Bulgaria, 11, Yeah. Estonia, where we're here, yeah. is uh, wise guys and probably and game founders, yeah, yeah. and there is like a bunch of more and Kiev again, mm-hmm. three of them. So, do you think it's like going to last, or this will like merge into like few? So the few like big one remains. Um, good question. Um, I think I think it would be very disappointing if any country in Europe could only find 10 teams that would be worthy of support. Yeah. Um, so why shouldn't there be, if there's 20 countries around Europe, why shouldn't there be 20 accelerators? So it might be like 50 in a few years. It could be. Um, I think um, whether you can make them commercially viable is a harder question to answer. Um, I think there is no different from any other ecosystem. It's hard to find an economic return at startup level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certain programs will do better than others. But I personally believe for those others that they still create a massive amount of economic value later down the stage that actually... Educate the teams yeah, yeah, yeah. and so on. I mean, in some respects, you're, you're right. It's actually about educating the teams, it's not about building businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes when you help 10 teams, half of them go on to get funding. And of those 10, or of those five that get funded, only a small proportion will turn into what you and I would call business. economics, well, businesses and or economic success. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the five that don't go through a process and don't come out successfully, haven't learned something in the process and it's not the first thing they do, it might be the second or it might be the third. And guess what? Those people are now connected into the network that they wouldn't have been before. So I think it's really difficult. Um, I think there will be um, some that will come and go. There'll be some that will come and stay. Um, but even for the ones that come and go, even in the short period they're here, they will still create value. Um, either through the education or provision of opportunity or just encouraging people just to try. Yeah. There is like, I was listening to you and uh, I remember reading this article in about US venture capital market. Yeah. The most of VCs like generate zero profits. Yeah. But still they like did spend all these venture funds yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah. 
So it might be the case with accelerators. If you will yeah. be like commercially successful, like return profits to investors, yeah. but most will probably not. Yeah, um, the, the, the upside is the amount of money that's being used in accelerators is a the smallest proportion of investment capital in the world. That's why I will never be a rich man. Because if I'm only investing really, really, really small sums of money, uh -huh. it's, it's like kind of, as I described, it's like playing poker with dimes or okay. with quarters. Yeah, I'm never going to turn into a zillionaire. Somebody who's got a bigger stake that starts with $100, $1,000 bills has a great chance of actually losing or making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that then you're absolutely right. I think we, we're still really early in the market, even in the US, which has been running longer. There is really only two or three which are considered to be able to demonstrate that they can create you know, like returns for what they do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, as I described, I think some of it's sometimes to do with investment. Some of it's just to do with just really making an impact. Look, say capital in Europe is really hard to get hold of. If this allows you to bridge or at least give people a runway to do something or to try, I think I think it should be first. But that's just me. I think I think I think there's a risk that certain people might spend too much money and, and completely distort the market. Um, but markets markets always find a level. Okay. Can you like um, if somebody ask you? Well, I ask you. Okay. Like, what's the, the top three or top five programs in Europe? Well, me, 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 and me. Hmm. Nice list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, programs which have been running longer tend to do better. Um, more because it takes time to bed down into what you do. So as I described, the very first program I ran three years ago, I I, I was making up as I went along. Uh, now I helped people. What? I, I was I was making it up. I, I had no okay. idea what I was doing. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I made all my mistakes, and it all this, it's funny because if you actually ask any of the teams that participated in that program, they'd say he hadn't a clue what he was doing. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I've now run it enough times that I, I'm sitting in the story, uh, and my program's running in London. Yeah. I've now got a structure around it. I now have a bunch of really smart mentors who are massively supportive of what I do. Team programs that have run slightly longer tend to be much better prepared. Um, so the obvious ones which fall out of the system at that point then we would be Seacamp, Springboard and Startup Bootcamp. Um, when you get to the next level, uh -huh. it's really difficult because um, Alex Farset, so um, Saul Klein set up Seacamp uh, uh, five years ago. Um, I've been running his programs for three years, and Alex Farset's been running it for three years. The next number along um, have really only been running in a year, a year and a half, so it's really difficult to pick who will be next after number three. Okay. So, uh, again, you're involved with several programs, right? Yeah. And like, do you feel you like, bring value to those programs? I mean, 
I know, like for instance, in uh, Wise Guys, yeah. you've been here maybe, I don't know, five, ten days out of like 50 yeah. days. So That's very generous of you. I'm not sure I did. Well, but. probably not. <laughs> I was told that while I was absent, yeah, you were yeah, here. Yeah, so. I was um, they brought a cardboard cutout and put it <laughs> in the room. John's yeah. here! Yeah. <laughs> and okay. then a little swear machine that sat behind the, the, the box going, fuck, fuck, so, so, fuck. I mean, do you think it's like makes sense. Why don't you like focus on springboard and like, uh, put all your effort in one place instead of sprinting it across the... Because then I'm only helping 10 teams. Okay. Yeah. I mean, across all of the programs I'm helping. Uh, so this year I've helped 20, 30, 40, 50, uh, 60, about 60 teams. Next year I will help probably double that. Now, this is what I'm saying, I'm, I'll never be a rich man, I'm not very smart. Um, I much prefer to create opportunities for more people. Is, is it better to help 10 teams and do it really, 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 really well, or is it better to help 120 teams and do something which is as good, but not just as good? Yeah, my, my motivation sits with how can I help more? Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, look, at the end of the day, running these programs is, bluntly, it's not that clever. It's not that smart. Yeah? There's a way of doing it. There's a way of mixing people. There's kind of, there's a bit which basically is about a process, getting from A to Z. Yeah? And that's maybe simplifying it too much. And if you get the right people who are inspired to try and do the right thing by startups, mm -hmm. Over a period of time, I mean, I'm not smart. I've been doing this for three years, and that puts me in the top like one percent of people in Europe in these programs. But I've only been doing it three years. Yeah. So there's an opportunity for me to help support and educate other people for them to do stuff as well. Yeah? This is why, as I described, I've helped set up twelve programs, but I'm only involved in five. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's a way. Look, I teach my kids, my teams, to be open and transparent, and to be helpful, and to bend over backwards, and to talk to rivals. I can't preach that, and then not do it myself. Yeah. Okay. Oh. But yeah, it's math, but it's true, and it works. It's a really cool business model. Yeah, and you have to travel all back and yeah, forth all I, the time. Yeah, I spend a lot of... Somebody described to me recently, where do you live? And I said, 2B. That's the seat in the front beside the ad. So you fly in business class? No. Oh, well, actually, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a terrible secret that Ryanair has a business class seat, which nobody knows exists, which is actually the front row. Okay, so you don't have to pay for business class to sit there? You, you pay six or seven pounds, I think, to oh. sit in the front row. Okay. But when you're flying to Estonia or to Vilnius or somewhere a bit further, yeah. uh, spending an extra eight quid so you can open your laptop yes. as opposed to getting squashed behind the seat, okay. it means I get three hours work done. Yeah, and um, just to finish the topic of programs, there's, I, I've seen it here and I've seen it in other, like in our uh, programs, that there is, like, right now there is um, the, all these programs then there is a demo day, and then there is like nothing else. Correct. So the, the ecosystem that exists like 
in it's America. It's terrible, isn't it? Yes. It's rubbish. It's like creating little startup lemmings and they run towards a cliff and at the end of day <laughs> exactly. 91 they throw themselves off the cliff and then say, we're going to get funded and then they don't. Yeah, I agree. It's a big problem. Um, I think, uh, I, I know it's a big problem and it's something I regularly try and talk to other people about to try and fix. Um, I know the stuff we're doing, we're moderately good at getting teams funded, um, but it's not, 90 days doesn't fix all the problems. The, the model, I, I, I call it a, a 3 plus 3 model. Um, what does it mean? And the three, first three months are effectively about trying to support and encourage people to build product and trying to get product done in 90 days. And then essentially you have a demo day and it is what it says, it should be a demo. Mm -hmm. Not PowerPoint or, or this is what I promise I'm going to do or by day 90 you should be done. And then essentially there should be a, a runoff of another 90 days where you might even get some more money. But in that period, it's about engaging with customers, it's about getting into the market. It's Building product. Iterating on the product. Yeah. If you wanted to use lean type stuff. So, A, can you build something? So one's about product, and the second one's about market. Yeah. Um, I think there's a big differential, as you already know, between the amount of funding that's available in the US and what's available in Europe. Um, I it's think, smaller in Europe, right? Oh, well, <laughs> a little bit. I think, I think I once read an article, and I used the quote, I don't know if it's true or not, that there's about, for every dollar there is in Europe, there's about five dollars in the States. Okay. And actually, most of the five dollars is actually in Silicon Valley, so it's even more work. Um, but it, what it does say is, your ability to raise funding is much harder. So the notional idea of, you do a Techstars or Y Combinator model, and you do 90 days, and then you suddenly run out of the room and people are throwing money at you. Mm -hmm. Isn't going to happen in Europe. So people have to be much more geared up for, well, what do I do next? Yeah? Or what is it I need to do in the program to make sure that if only the top 10% of teams get funded, how am I going to be the top 10? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I totally agree with that. Um, one more thing. One more thing. Yeah. Steve. Steve. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I probably watched too much keynotes yeah. while preparing for the demo day. Um, so anyway, there is like 60 teams went through the program. You, you were mentoring, mm -hmm. right? And I, I really um, I like how you do that. And um, there is a bunch of people watching this, well, will be watching yeah. this. And uh, so if you can, I don't know, give a five-minute crash course, like, Typical, typical errors, or how do I like, prepare? Like how to improve my chances to get in program, whatever. Something that you keep telling probably every every time you go to the program, you, you probably give the same. So is this to get into programs, or is this at the end of programs? No, it's the beginning. How okay, how how do you get into a program? Um, you 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 don't wait, which is what you did. You don't what? Well. You don't wait until the application process, okay. which is what you did really well, which has harassed me um, prior to the application. Make sure that if you are anywhere near anybody that's anything to do with the program, you go and get their face. So when you review a bunch of applications, you just get lots of paper. Yeah? 
and sometimes really difficult to differentiate between somebody who looks smart on paper and who really is smart. Um, uh, most entrepreneurs are hustlers and you should be able to find a way to hustle or to hack a way to make sure that people know of you without necessarily the application. Yeah. And I know that with Y Combinator, one of the things that they, they do a lot is they basically say, can you find people who've been through YC before, or do you know people that know people, mm -hmm. whether it's Hajim, Paul, or whatever. Um, that, that actually demonstrates a hustle bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of the first part. The second part I strongly believe in is just people. The second was to do with product. I think the notional idea of people turning up and saying, I've got this great idea and I want to do your program, I tend to say, join the back of the queue, please. Yeah? There are other people who have already started doing what they're doing. And even if it's rubbish, I prefer to see some level of commitment from a team to say, we've tried to do something, even if it is rubbish. Yeah. So even if they change it completely mid-program? Mid oh, uh, that has... Uh, I remember like the first our first two weeks in the program yeah. when like uh, everybody was uh, saying that like every day you got new reasons why it doesn't work yeah. can it possibly ever fucking yeah. work yeah so it might change yeah it no, will, it will I, change uh, uh, look the vast proportion of them change I see most of them don't change massively there's not often you have a team I had one team last time I who stopped what they're doing. I think it was about three o'clock in the afternoon of the first day. Okay. Um, which and they hadn't even done a mentoring session. They basically came to me and said, "Our idea is really bad." And I said, "I agree, it's terrible." And they said, "We want to do something else." And I said, "What?" And they explained, and it seemed like an interesting space. And I said, "Yeah, cool, let's do it." Um, I think people shouldn't be. Uh, wedded to the idea itself. Um, most good ideas evolve in some form or fashion. But what I, I think, so coming back to the same question about people, mm -hmm. I'm interested in people who are doers, not talkers. I'm interested in people who are committed to, to just doing a startup, which on the balance of probability will never work. Um, People who just sit around and say, I've got this great idea. I have no interest in it. So I need to try and find, and I need to find people who have a way to demonstrate to me that they want to do this, mm -hmm. or they've done it before, or they're committed to what it means to be a startup or an entrepreneur. Yeah? So in your instance, you hustled me, and also you had a clear demonstration of you knew what it felt like to start and run a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Those are the sorts of people we try to to work with, um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I'm not likely to accept people who just turn up and say, "I've got a good idea. Can you give me some money and I'll do this program?" Yeah. So basically, you're still screening for people, right? For right kind of people. Yeah. But uh, in order to validate this person or the team, you like yeah. see if they can. Have they done something? Yeah. So, so my off the record, he said on video. I the way I select is the four following criteria. I look for smart people. I look for smart people who work together in a team for a period. Mm -hmm. So it sounds silly, but 
I find that when you put two rock stars in a room, like 10 minutes before the start of the program, they tend to fall out. Pretty they much they tend to fall apart. Fall apart really quickly in the program. Uh, I prefer to have a stable team that know each other and work together for a period. Mm -hmm. They don't mind it when they start swearing and shouting at each other. I then look for commitment, which is, what have you done? Yeah, already. Already, yeah. I mean, even if it's rubbish, I'd like to see you've done something. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the last one is actually the idea. And the idea I tend to look at is, is it an interesting problem or opportunity? Um, and is it in a big, big market? And big not because of being a festival, but big in the sense that it allows you to move around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not so tight an idea that if it doesn't work, then there's nowhere to go. I want to be able to find a market where if that didn't work, you can try something else. And if that doesn't work, you can try something else. So, just so you have space to change. Yeah, to change exactly. It. It's not often people change markets completely, but what you do see is people, how they address the market, or what the product does in the market is the thing that's important. Okay. Cool. I think this is it. Thanks again uh, for... Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Cheers.